episode 86. I'm Forrest Hall. This is Real Church Matters. We talk real church matters because real church matters. And I have somebody with me today. Say hello. Hey, everybody. It's Charity. You know, you can you just know me. Just relax. You don't have to lean forward. It's, it's picking you oh up. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. Edited okay. out, okay. Yeah. No, no, we're not editing it out. This is all good. No, you're good. So, say it one more time. One more time. It's Great. charity, everybody. Just charity. Just charity? You don't want to go by your last name? I mean, then they would connect two and two. I don't want everybody to You don't want them to know that you're related to me? <laughs> Jesus Christ. No. We already got problems no. with the podcast. <laughs> no. Okay, so... Obviously, I'm your sister. It's Charity Hall. It's Charity Hall. It's not obvious you're my sister. I've had people that aren't of relation to me on here. I, matter of fact, that's kind of a shot. Like, this is a little family project that I'm doing. I, I had, you know, guests on here. I know you the real deal. I see the command center. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying nothing about that. I'm just saying. Okay, okay. Let me do the housekeeping first. RealChurchMatters.com That's where all the episodes lie For those of you who use iTunes Podcasts Search Real Church Matters uh, For those of you, you who use SoundCloud Search Real Church Matters Follow us on SoundCloud Subscribe to us on uh, iTunes Podcasts Share it with your friends Tell people about it uh, Please and thank you as, as much as you listen to it should be just as much as you share it with other people If it's beneficial to you um, I appreciate all the listens. We're at, at 86 episodes, so I'm pretty pumped about that. Um, wow. Yeah, it's 86 episodes. We started February 2007. I'm 17. 2017. 86 episodes now. Almost two two years. Mm. Yeah, and it took this long to get you here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you started in my birthday month, so... Maybe I spurred the start of this. Um, let's get, not get into astrology. <laughs> let's, let's not do that. <laughs> We're not getting into astrology, sir. Well, you will come I'm back. I'm just saying that I may come. have inspired this. You may have. Maybe. February. February. Well, it was really uh, Valentine's Day. That was the first episode. Oh, okay. Talking about singles and all of that stuff. We're going to definitely have to well, have Well, how you back. fitting. Yeah. Yeah, kinda. Oh yeah, we get nasty today. Yeah. Let's talk about sex. Mm. That's why he called me on here, cause I'm the. Cause you're the unabashed queen of truth. Real talk. Real talk. Well, how? What better person to have on Real Church Matters than a person who has real talk? Mm-hmm. So this is when real talk and real church collide. Oh. Look Shucks, at no. Yeah, exactly. They gonna want to listen to this one. <laughs> this is oh, I mean, I'm just gonna put charity as the title. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, it's going down. <laughs> Definitely can't do. All right, that. so um, before we jump into charity, as always, please be reminded it's obedience over audience. But since we have an audience, we're gonna get to it. Charity, tell them a little bit about yourself before we get started. So I am 29 years old. Wait a sec. Wait. Not like tell them about yourself like this the love connection. No, just, I think that it's important for people to know my age. 
It is. It's just weird. You started out with that. It felt like a. No, no. I know how to have conversations aye, with aye, people aye. to aye. tell them about me. Okay. No sass. This is a sass free zone. It's a sass free zone. Aye. You know, this is going to be hard. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I'm 29 years old, and I say that to reference, you know, um, the culture that I'm speaking of. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I am present in the struggle of Jesus after dark. Ah, uh, yeah. So that that is the title of today's podcast is Jesus After Dark. And the reason I'm 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 sharing this uh, or titling this that is because I think that it's important for us to remember that Jesus is the light. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of things that are kept in the dark in mm-hmm. church, and so. I want to start there, and what better conversation to have about things that are in the dark as it relates to church than the the conversation of sex? Absolutely. So we're going to approach it a bunch of different ways, but the first way I wanted to start it off is just the whole conversation of sex is not had in church. The most I've heard people talk about sex is in a singles ministry. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying my experiences. I can only speak for me. I've sat in two different groups and heard about sex. Singles ministry and men's fellowship. Well, you're dating your age because <laughs> it's no singles ministry. And, um, and well, I, I'm, I'm not going to speak for most churches, but I will say that singles ministry is um, kind of for the old people. Really? You think so? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I be getting, like, flyers talking about, like, speed dating. <laughs> you, you know, I, I guess I am not woke. Yeah. I mean. I'm not church woke. Yeah, you're not church woke. Like, it's 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 really popping. Like, singles ministries is a thing. Oh, wow. And there's mixers. And now I, I realize the, the new church thing is to say sip and paint. I saw a sip and paint. <laughs> And then, like, in the disclaimer, it said, like, they'll be sipping tea. Like, it's a tea party. So, won't you just say tea party and paint? Like, you just reaching. <laughs> but that's a whole nother They're thing. trying to be appealing to people who are currently in that culture and trying to convert them to more of the Jesus culture, quote, unquote. And I think that it's... The approach which turns people off. They don't want to be a part of the culture that has them, you know, oppressed. They want to be a part of the light. So. It's interesting. When we introduce Jesus to people, it's not us appealing to what they're comfortable with. It should be something new. Exactly. I I think that's interesting what you said, because I think that when people do come to church, they are interested in the light. Mm hmm. So it's interesting when they come in the church and feel like this is a place that should be the light. And we try to be like them. We, not just that, but they notice that there are certain things we still hide in the dark. Mm-hmm. There's still certain conversations that are unapproachable. A person who's dealing with sex addiction or a person who's dealing or with masturbation or pornography, they don't get to come in the church and just off bat, just be like, all right, yeah, this is what I'm dealing with. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Like, the people are going to look at you a certain mm-hmm. way. I, I don't care what you're dealing with. If you go to that altar every Sunday, 
people have certain thoughts about you. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) If you go and tell somebody, I'm dealing with lust, people automatically have certain thoughts about you, even though the idea of dealing with lust is common to everybody. Yeah. And it, it, it doesn't just pertain to sex or um, it, it just contains to fleshly desire. So I could lust over anything. You can. But I can when lust you say over the, money. Yes. But when you say the word lust, it's like word association. It's like match game. Mm-hmm. You say lust, people automatically have sexual connotation to it. <laughs> you say temptation and they thinking about Usher. Like this is just the reality of it. You, you say sin and people thinking about fornication. They thinking about adultery. Because that's the thing that they're thinking about. It's the thing they're thinking about. People always like to deflect their um, their weaknesses and their situations on you. And at your age, what they were doing. Yeah. I have a lot of people say, oh, 29, I was doing this, I was doing that. I just came back from um, visiting family and... It was interesting how being older, people deflect and say, oh, wait on God. I know that's what you want. Wait on God, girl. If you want to travel, God will send you a traveling buddy. And I'm like, I never I never said that. Yeah. <laughs> I never said that. But that's part of the conversation, too, of there's a lot of social norms and social mores that are pervasive in the church and lend themselves to people pressuring people to mm-hmm. certain things. You do see that it's okay for you to be single when you're in your teens. It's okay to, for you to be single a little bit when you're in your twenties. That's when the mothers start tapping you and say, you know, make sure you, you stay in chase before the Lord. Cause they see you in your, your vigorous twenties and they're like, I know she out here. I know he out here. And then all of a sudden you're in your thirties and you still single. Then now they looking at you and saying, is everything okay? Are you happy? Are you happy? Are you, are you asking God for someone? <laughs> Have you put his, his name on a piece of paper and stuck it under your pillow? <laughs> Have you done this, my sweetie? I, have you fasted? Have you fasted? <laughs> have you fasted from your flesh so that you may receive of your flesh? Have you done that? Uh, yeah, that was, yeah, that was... Write that down. <laughs> take notes, guys. He's infamous for the one-liners. Oh, yeah, I'm here for it. Uh, I came to play. <laughs> but the, that's the reality. It's a, it's a struggle for people to deal in these things because they're not getting that conversation in church. And I'm not saying let's sit down and talk nasty. No, but we need to address the real issues if we're going to, you know, have a real church that affects real people. Yeah. And that's bottom line. The church needs to be a little more real. A little more real and knowing what that means. That does not mean that you're wearing skinny jeans and you got a dad hat on, and you got multiple layers. Like, I didn't see some of these pastors. (laughs) Some of these pastors, it'd be the dead of summer. They got a flannel, a leather vest, a (laughs) denim jacket, a leather overcoat, a frock. They got the whole thing, and then the fedora. The pants with the patch on the knees. The pants with the patch, and the patches (laughs) have patches and pockets. The wallet chain. Like, it's just so much. Like, that is not being relatable. You want to be relatable to people, it should be the same way Jesus was relatable. Mm-hmm. When I look in the scriptures, and I'm going to randomly just throw out scriptures here. 
without any addresses. And you, you Bible scholars, you find them and send them to me, the address. Okay. <laughs> but um, Jesus was sitting with sinners. Mm-hmm. And the Pharisees said, now what in the world are you doing? You ain't supposed to be sitting with sinners. And he said, I came, the physician came for those who are sick. Mm-hmm. I feel like I want to imagine what in the world Jesus would have been talking about with sinners. What could he have possibly been talking about? Since we want to talk about relatable. Number one, Jesus is sitting with these people. And number two, they want to sit with him. It, he didn't make them. Right. So what what brings these two worlds together and it causes people to engage with Jesus is not the thing that we think that they want to engage with. I think it was more so a lot of times Jesus never really said words that was um, direct. He allowed you to do the thinking for yourself. Absolutely. And he will often lead conversations by saying parables or, you know, asking rhetorical questions that would provoke thought. And um, challenge your thinking. This day and age, we don't have a lot of provoking. It's people doing the thinking for us. Absolutely. Bingo. Write that one down. Hey. Charity after dark. One line <laughs> She got she got the first one in. Oh, it's one it's tight. Oh, I got I gotta step it up. I got Oh, gotta, you need a bell back is, here. Like <laughs> we bing. do need a bell, like bing. But um the reality is not just that, Charity, but the fact that he is relatable to the human condition. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're so busy trying to be relatable to culture that we're not relatable to the human condition. This is why people come to Jesus is because they are familiar and very aware of the human condition, the struggles of humanity, right. the pains of it, the thoughts, the physical struggles, all of it. And they come to Jesus and Jesus offers them a solution to every part of the human condition. But then when you come to church these days, we only give you solution to only some parts of the human condition. Right. There are other parts we kind of push you away. You're like, brother, brother, I, I tell you, I, I just can't stop lusting. And they're like, well, do, do, I, 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 we could talk about this later. They don't want to broach these things. But Jesus, I believe, was having those conversations with those people at that did table. He, did he not walk up? Was, was the lady at the well, did they ever say her name? No. I think she probably liked that too. You know how women love mysteriousness. <laughs> Should we rather be called Lady at the Well? Because I, and, I know a lot of ladies. At in the well. my head, that's really taboo to walk up to a, a anonymous person that you don't know yeah. and to tell them their sexual history. Yeah, <laughs> that's taboo. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that's an excellent point. Number one is it was taboo at that time because the Sumerian women weren't supposed to be talked to mm-hmm. by. Jesus likes or anybody of that culture because they were known for <laughs> they, they were the, they were bad girls. <laughs> so that reality of it taboo in that way, and then number two, because it's taboo to talk to her. Even I believe it would be even more taboo to bring up her sexual history, like you said. And this reality of he's talking to this woman, and it's something that everybody knew. Mm-hmm. So, and that's another thing. Everybody knows that these are issues that are in the dark. No one is unaware. No one is innocent. No one is ignorant to these issues. And Jesus could have that conversation with any of us at the well. Mm -hmm. And the crazy thing is he covered the span of the human condition. 
Yeah. He talked to her initially about worship. He talked to her about where she worshipped at and how mm-hmm. she worshipped. We love to have that conversation. Yes. <laughs> we, we, we love to be Jesus and she in that said, way. oh, yeah, I have faith. Yeah, and he's like, no, sweetie, uh, you don't do that. It's going to come a time, and we quote that all the time. Mm-hmm. But then he moves to more personal things. Yeah. To the human condition. Mm-hmm. We can't have these conversations. In the stillness of the back of the church, I've had the craziest conversations. I've had women tell me they've had seven abortions. And that's another thing. People give too much information. They don't allow (laughs) God to work through people because Jesus did not know any information about this lady. Absolutely. She was a random lady, but but he was able to tell her things that only God would know. Exactly. But think about why. Why I need to know you had seven abortions. (laughs) I know. But think about not just that. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to make me laugh. (laughs) But think about why this woman Mm -hmm. would feel like she had to get this off her chest to some random guy. I know I'm a minister, but to some random guy in the middle of a church service. Why she feel like that? That's that's a conversation for another day cuz when I when I talk about uh women and allowing themselves to be prey for people. They they do it purposely. But that ties into the why. The why she's doing that is because what we see as taboo mm-hmm. is not out in the open where these women can freely be helped by the people they should be helped by. Absolutely. The conversation is not being had with another woman. Mm-hmm. The conversation is not being had with a woman who even knows how to broach and deal in that situation beyond just patting her hair on her back. And saying, now, now, it's okay. Because this woman is telling me that she has dreams of these children clawing at her, pulling at her. (laughs) (laughs) I know you did not just (laughs) I'm sorry. This is really really real church matters right here. (laughs) No, I am not insensitive to the the struggle of the common person. Because I understand that this is something that... It's real to her. It's real to her. Yeah. I'm not chuckling because of that. So, I don't... Just the audacity, the the strangeness of the conversation in the middle of church service. Exactly. And I definitely feel like um, because... It, if if you go seeking what she sought you out, what are you seeking? And I don't think she was seeking truth or real talk or you know now healing that, or peace. But that is that is another conversation. She exactly <laughs> that one is. She was seeking attention. I, and and uh, <laughs> let me let me get this off real quick. Get, get it off. She was seeking attention because there are definitely, uh, like the Bible says, there will always be a remnant. And every church, I firmly believe that there is a remnant. There is a person holding fast to the standard of Christ. So there is a person that she could have gone to that could have been present in that moment with her to give her exactly what she needed. Absolutely. But she didn't (laughs) seek that. I I understand. But for the sake of this conversation... (laughs) Okay, let's, let's go. Because like, we got you got a whole, a whole nother other thing for that, and we might catch up to it at the end of this. Okay, <laughs> but the reality of these conversations should not be isolated to behind closed doors to 
the secrets of corners and the shadows of corners. Yeah. These should be things that the form is open and people feel free to. This shouldn't be a, 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 even a, a, a informational dump or like I always say, the intimacy of information that is dangerous. And people are taking advantage exactly. of in those ways. Women are taking advantage of because even if they do mean the good intention of I just want help, because they're giving this information, it puts another person in a position. And I know to, this to is off them. topic, um, not off topic, but it's probably a, a, a point for the next one. But I'm not going to remember. So I'm just going to say it <laughs> Go now it. that um, women feel more comfortable sharing experiences or, or wanting um, healing from a man instead of a woman. So, and, and it's a, a societal issue. And I'm not talking like I'm, you know, anti-women. But me being 29, I don't have women who come and have those real conversations with me. Yeah. They always want to be around or have that conversation with a man with because man. they feel more comfortable with men. Yeah, and, and that's not a... That's I'm not, not threatening to to you, but you don't want to come and talk to me. But that's not too far-fetched from the point of this engagement with conversations like sex bring us to deeper engagements about healthy relationships exactly. between the opposite sex. But we can't even get to that point because the church operates in such a hidden way with a lot of these issues right there are hidden figures in our church mm-hmm. a lot of those figures aren't so hidden in the world these are conversations as soon as you leave the church door is back on the forefront of your mind right it's back on it's in, it's in the music you listening to mm-hmm. everywhere you go in society is inundated with sex it is a power of this world it is an element of this world you talk about money, power, sex. Absolutely. It is the holy trinity of their unholy alliance. Mm. Take that down, guys. Um, I think he's two and I'm one, <laughs> two and one. Okay. But the reality is because it's such a force in this world, why is it not a show of force of the church against it? Not against sex, but against... Anything in the dark. Anything in the dark. Anti-light should <laughs> should really be like a, a full force campaign. Yeah, it, it it is. Satan's not taking no breaks. No, there's no mid season elections with him. He's on it all the time, always campaigning, always pushing his agenda. But the church is not dealing with this, these issues. It is what actually, not to get political, but it is the problem that the Democrats have at this point is because they don't want to broach the serious issues. Exactly. They just want to operate in sympathy to them. So we do feel bad for the pregnant teenage girl. We do feel bad for the single mother. We do feel bad for the person who's uh, overwhelmed with sexual addiction or pornography or masturbation or just kinks and sexual addiction well you you be surprised how many church folk got a tinder account and maybe even a grinder account and the grinder is the gay version of tinder <laughs> but you'd be surprised how many of them have these things how many of them are so inundated and consumed with the idea of sex and everything that orbits around it 
Mm-hmm. And when they come to church, it's not a, it's not even dealt with. Not saying the pastor's supposed to sit, have whole messages like let's just talk about sex because they talk about it from that perspective. Right? They going they going to tell you about fornication. They going to tell you about sleeping around and stuff. I'm talking about how it should be done, not so much how it shouldn't be. Those conversations ain't happening. So when you look at these realities, I'm concerned. Because whatever's in the dark has the propensity or the ability to trip us up. Something as simple as a toy on the floor. If you in the daytime or you in a lit lit room, you can step over that toy. You see it. It's not, it's unassuming. That very toy can kill you, hurt you in the dark. And I I think it's important to ask the question, if... You have so many things in the dark. Could you really say that you are a follower of the light? Amen. And I mean, that's a real question because it's a lot of people who think that they questions count as points too. Hey, because that's that's two for two. I always connect questions because these are the questions we should really ask. Exactly, we should provoke people to thought to do it themselves. Guys, what was the question again? What was the question again? So, if you have so many things tripping you up in the dark, and you have these things that you acknowledge as issues, um, you confess them, you know, to yourself as an issue, but you keep it in the dark. can you really say that you're a follower of the light? Absolutely. And that is a question we should ask each other, ask ourselves. And for, for the person right now, and I'm always trying to pay attention to the cynic or the, the devil's advocate, because he actually does have advocates. Absolutely. Everybody's not rhetorically saying that. You know, I'm just, a, I'm just playing devil's advocate. No, you're actually not playing devil's advocate. You've been paid to be a devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. So I'm not fooled by the, I know the difference. Absolutely. Some people are not the, just be, uh, doing things to understand. They're just debating for debate's sake. They're scoffers. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I don't know how I got into that. But the... Addressing the people who are scoffers. <laughs> but the reality of, I'm not telling you guys that you're supposed to go to church and tell me Every little bit of naughty you're doing. Or tell me every little thought that come through your head. I'm not saying that we should have sex anonymous in church. I'm saying <laughs> the, the exact opposite. What I'm saying is you need to start with a conversation with Jesus. Absolutely. And and I think it goes back to the Bible and saying having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. If God lives inside of you then you should want as compelled to be delivered from these things that leave you sleepless at night. You should seek truth in every time, in every moment that you're awake. And that's the power that we have. We act like we're powerless. Like, oh, this is something that I struggle with. And this is my struggle. Like, we don't have the power to do something about it. Absolutely. And part of what we have to do about it is what I mean by having a conversation with Jesus. Exactly. Is examining your thoughts according to the scripture. Exactly. Examining your thoughts. Because you're not going to find scriptures 
plain sight about sex. Or about pornography. About pornography, about masturbation. You can type those things in. I even typed in the word chase. Because mm-hmm. it's a word that always comes around. Mm-hmm. People are talking about being chaste, being a virgin. Oh, I, I, talk, I had to search it. Just to, Did Jesus ever say anything about this? Mm-hmm. And the word chaste comes up twice. Yeah, It's not a, a common term, and it never was used in a sense that we use it. He said that wives should be chaste. Mm-hmm. How can a wife be chaste? In the context, we often use it. We use it for virgins. Yeah, We use it for single people. We don't even understand what the word chaste truly means. <laughs> a wife who is chaste is one who is committed to one. Mm-hmm. How many Christians, single or otherwise, can say that you are chaste in your life? Mm. You, you chase people more than you are chaste. Is that one? <laughs> <laughs> it's a stretch, but I give it to you. <laughs> But the reality is, when we talk about engaging with Jesus, you need to meld him together. Do not keep him separate. Don't keep Jesus in the family room. Invite him to the bedroom. Invite him to every compartment of your mind in your life. And I don't mean playing gospel music while you get it on. Please don't. <laughs> like, Please. that's not what we're saying. First of all, I'm un- uninitiated to all of this stuff. But I don't connect <laughs> with people who feel like music needs to be played while that act is happening. <laughs> I'm judging. <laughs> I'm judging. So if you need to play music, if you need a soundtrack to that, I don't. <laughs> are you listening to it at the same time? Like, are you connected? Like, that's my favorite song. Is that coming up in the middle of these engagements? Like, yo, I was waiting for this part of the song to ca- to come so that we can, you know. Th- like, I don't want to hear you <laughs> made a way. Like, <laughs> when my back was against the wall. No, no, that's a. Different type of back against the wall. Yeah, like, no. no. what's happening? <laughs> it's just weird that, that that's the extent of the conversation that is happening in church. Is we are so That is a question people. that I, I hear in church, like, you know, what should I, should I play to set the mood? You know, if me and my wife getting it on, or me and my I'm husband. always interested when people need to set moods, too. <laughs> like, I, I think humans are always in the mood. To to gratify themselves, I don't know. I don't think we need to be exhorted into such things. When when you're married and it's no longer <laughs> naughty, no. Listen, listen. I'm here. I'm here. When it's no longer naughty and you have full rights underneath, you know, religious the framework. Terms. Oh, we got to talk about that too. The framework of marriage and yeah. the and the marriage bed and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um now you go on to find something else that can spice it up because it's no longer naughty. So and and that's another thing with sex. A lot of people love it because it's been, you know, in the dark so long and it gives them a little spice to life and it intrigues their flesh because they're like, oh, you don't know my secret. And in all actuality, we do know we're flesh too. (laughs) We're flesh too. And stolen fruit always is the sweetest. But the reality is for a lot of us, we are, we are not trying to engage with the realities of any of this stuff. We're never trying to make ourselves aware in that way. 
I think that's how things can progress to a perversion of the truth. Mm. And, um, you know, anything that is a perversion is taking what was made in, in the light or made good and twisted into something that was, you know, dark or... Yeah. You, what you about to say? Yeah, no, the... the the reality is just hitting me as you're talking, and I love this. I, and you got to forgive me. I get excited when people say things that just like, Pow. but the true perversion is not the kink that we're focused on. No. The true perversion is that we see these things in, in, a, a, in, a, in, a, in a certain way. In a certain way. We see them in a certain way. We don't even We don't even address those things. And I think those are the conversations I do want to have with one another. Exactly. So we talked. Yeah, we talked about. You need to have these these conversations about what you're doing. You need to have those with Jesus through prayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to you need to compare what your thoughts are feeling to the scriptures, mm-hmm. so you can make sure that that's what sitting at the table with Jesus is. Right. But sitting at the table with people of God, the brethren, the brethren needs to be conversations about. How the truth is being perverted. And in the Bible it says, confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And I think that, you know, the Bible wasn't referencing you um, explicitly telling me. What you do. What you do. Because that's not the sin. That's not the sin. Amen. It's the thought. It's It's the the root. It's the... uh, The issue that you never knew you had or never knew you repressed this thing that developed into another thing. Everything Mm. in life is just a snowball effect. One thing can start in the mind and then progress to the physical. Yeah, because he said, like he said, there's always this engagement with God in the scriptures about getting to the root. Mm hmm. So he tells us where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Exactly. He says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. He says that it's not the outside of a cup that makes it dirty. It is the inside of the cup that makes it dirty or that is uh, stained. Or and your heart being sullied. a seed of your affection. The heart being a seed of your affections. We sitting there and those men's fellowships I was at <laughs> was men talking about the branches and never about the root. Absolutely. It was men saying, you know, I, I I look at these pornography and I can't get enough of it. And, you know, I have dreams and then they go into the details of the dreams and we just sitting there like, brother. It's too many. I'm about to call the police. It's too many landscapers and not enough gardeners. Amen. Amen. Hey, is, does, is that... That's that's an Arbor Day one. Yeah. Okay. That's a <laughs> that's an Earth Day one. That's an Earth Day bar. <laughs> but the, the reality is, is that like Jesus said, he's concerned about the root. Mm-hmm. He he looked at he, like he looked at the fig tree. When people say, "Why you curse this fig tree?" He cursed the fig tree because it didn't produce a fruit. The problem with it not producing a fruit is not with the things, the branches that don't have fruit on it. It's with the fact that at the core of this thing, something's not getting there. And I think, and we have to look at it metaphorically too. Yeah. The reason why that tree was cursed was because it no longer was able to do what it was intended to do. Absolutely. So sex is no longer able to do what it's intended to do. 
It's not. It's been perverted. And that's why, we, you we, know, we, women, we, got, we, oh. we were cursed to, you know, labor and childbirth. Yeah. Because this thing that was intended, you know, is now perverted. Yeah. This this relationship, this this body, all of it is has been corrupted at the core. And it makes it hard for us to see the root purpose, the God intention mm-hmm. in all of the things that God created. Right. That's the distance between us. That's the conversation we need to have. Understand, number one, Jesus at the dark, the light comes in when you understand the thing you think is naughty is not. Yeah, we're not saying that sex is bad no. or that you won't enjoy those, it. That you won't enjoy it, that you won't have those desires. The problem is, even to the point that you said before, because we've perverted it, we've taken it away from God's intention, even the things that we enjoy about it are not the things God intended for us to enjoy Absolutely. about it. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Just, just think of it. I always use this connotation. I always go back. T- to me, there's two parts of my life. There's a part where I was happy to walk this fifth grader named Michelle <laughs> to her grandmother's house. And then happily. Mm-mm, where was mommy at? I don't know where mom was at. But she, everybody knew. Actually, you know, they all knew because they used to laugh and say, Forrest and Michelle, you know, do the whole thing. And I'll be so like painfully. Your face is hot. Embarrassed. Face <laughs> How hot. they say in Baltimore, your face hot. <laughs> My face was hot. Flame, oh, I was a flame and hot cheetah. I'm not supposed cheetah. to give areas. No, no, you give areas. Okay. <laughs> we, we do be having some listeners in Japan now. So, I, you know, hello. I, I won't try to disrespect your language and stuff. <laughs> But it's probably like people from uh, who are overseas military or something like that. But shout outs to those people who are registering plays on on a on the worldwide worldwide. But the reality is, is that I remember those innocent intentions was just, man, I would love to walk her to her grandmother's house. And then for it to change to man. I would love to take her into her grandmother's house. <laughs> oh, what you fitting to do? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the, that's the crazy thing. Oh, man. As a kid, you don't even know what is supposed to happen on the other side of that oh, door. That, that. Mm, mm, mm. But you know there's something in you that wants to get on the <laughs> behind other side. Behind the door. Behind the door. We're eager to get there even though we don't know what's there and how to engage properly in it. And a lot of people are 30-somethings, 40-somethings, 50-somethings who still don't know what's supposed to happen behind that door. And I think it's... it's um, <laughs> I think Jesus it's, dark. I think it's interesting going back to how um, homosexuals say that oh, they're Lord. coming <laughs> out the closet. <laughs> no, because, you know, this is something that has... We've allowed it to be perverted. We've allowed the thing that, you know, we're supposed to be talking about and addressing to be something that has been, you know, put in a closet or, you know, and I'm not talking about homosexuality, but sexuality and period has been stuffed in a closet. And never dealing with the true perversion of it, which is how we see it. It's it's the repression of it that causes mm. 
the regression of of us as a um, body. The oppression, the regression of it causes the... Repression of it. The repression of it. Causes the regression. Causes the regression that turns into oppression. Absolutely. And you know, I, I'm, I'm here for the wordplay, okay? <laughs> well, I, we have a way with words because we will find our way in words. <laughs> you tried to top me. Yes. I see. Yes. I see. I, Charity, you're, you got me here ready to play. I see. I'm here. I'm ready to play. Well, you know, you don't know. <laughs> I am a poet. Oh, you are. I know. We're going to close out this uh, podcast with a poem. No, no. So yeah. I do. I do. <laughs> Face hot, ain't face hot, ain't. Y'all don't want to hear my poetry, okay? No, you, you had you, some of these people. I don't know if they, you know, they not ready for it. They, we'll get them ready over time. Yeah, you give me a special real church matters poem. No, I was about to deliver one about you know something else besides church. <laughs> no, let, let, let's let's, stay, let's let's bring it on back. So that's an excellent point. I think that we want to start having conversations with homosexuals about homosexuals being free, and we never had conversations with about sex about just the idea of the perversion of sex. Because if you, as a heterosexual, have this certain view of sex where you are, as the scriptures say, heaping upon your own lust. Mm-hmm. And I know you people are like, well, don't lust play a part in sex? Does lust, in the way that we see it, and desire, does is that God's intention for our engagements in sex? Interesting because there are many times where the Bible references desire mm-hmm. him and lust after flesh. There's a difference between desire and lust. Amen. And I think it's okay to desire mm-hmm. something that is made and created in the light. It's okay to desire that. It is, it's it, not okay to lust. It's not okay to lust. Yeah. There's, it, there's a difference. Let me help people out even more. It was okay for them to desire to eat from a tree. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't okay for them to desire and eat from another tree. And I think that's the reality is that we don't know what is honest and true because our desires are sometimes against the thing God intended for us to have. Mm. I think that's what people are missing. Even in this context, you can't really help a homosexual if we're not shining a light on what is healthy desire. So just to, you know, add some context, lust is very strong sexual desire. Mm -hmm. And then desire is more broad, more broad. Yeah, they make it more broad. and, And in that way, you know, it, it, it's it's a good question to give people. It's almost a question where I don't want to give you a delineation. Mm-hmm. I just want you to ask yourself, do you know the difference between lust and desire in your life? Because honestly, for my life, when I hear that, that resonates with me. Right. Because I remember engaging with people purely on a surface way, mm-hmm. purely seeing people as me, a means to gain something of my own mm. or to reach a certain place in my own life 
whether it be through gratification, success, to use people as means or receptacles or rungs in a ladder mm-hmm. to achieve something that purely you benefit from is lust. Absolutely. And because we are not dealing with that, you can't start to call homosexuals on a carpet because their means of lust looks obtuse to you and what you're comfortable with. When you still operate from the same unhealthy lust. Mm-hmm. Well, I, no, no, because I don't desire another man. Yeah, but the way you desire women isn't God's intention. And that's <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. You have, how, hold on, how, hold on, hold on, Charity. You have Christians, Christian men saying, I'm a butt man. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Come what? on. Uh, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just being on. This, this is Jesus after dark. This is the Jesus after dark episode. I'm, I'm confused. What, what do they mean by? They like women. They, they, they focus on women's butts. They're sticklers for butts. Oh. Some is men. They say I'm a breast man. Okay. A thigh man. I thought you were going somewhere else. With <laughs> you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus after the dark for that too. And there's some men. This, this butt men in that way too. See, yeah. Mm-hmm. But but the reality is, do we want, do we think that God's intention for our engagements with the opposite sex was for us to distill women to parts of their body? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But it's okay for us to do that. Mm-hmm. And to, to when people say that, it, it don't cause for alarm. When it's a bunch of Christian men together, it ain't no cause for alarm. <laughs> it's just a chuckle like, oh, yeah. You know, I'm more of a breast man myself. It, it, it's, <laughs> I don't, you know what? And I hate using these erogenous zones because they, they come with a certain thing. So I'll even say a woman, a, a guy who's like just into women who are light skinned. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? Even mm-hmm. that, that's not the engagement, the intention of desire that God was looking for and defining. Ooh. So you 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 crossing boundaries with people Hi-ya. because Hi-ya. then they're gonna say, well, so you telling me that my preference preference what I like yeah is wrong It's wrong because you wasn't born with the intention of preference, no different than that homosexual wasn't born with that. Ah! Come on, mm. come on! You don't know who I'm talking to. So you get three off of, <laughs> off of that. That's a triple double. Yeah. Triple double. <laughs> yeah, you get you. Okay. Do mm. We 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 don't get the luxury of preference right. when we start talking about shining the light and removing perversion. Perversion leads to preference. Mm. Come on, like that's the reality. Yeah. It, it's. It, it, it's no different when we can distill humans to that which we liken to food. I'm I'm really into Italian. <laughs> I love spaghetti. I love anything Italian. I, I goes in for it. Like that will make my day. I'm a soul food person. Yeah, some people soul food, but I'm not really don't don't throw no sushi my way. I'm not sushi. Well, I used to, you know, dabble in some some sushi, yeah. but you know. Ain't this crazy? This is a simple conversation. Let's take it to people. You know, I'm not really into tall men. I like my men with beards. And, you know, a little short and a little stocky. Like he can, you know, rough me up, pick me up, you know, do that thing. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, it's cute. But that man is a human. Mm-hmm. God created him with intentions. He did not. 
He did not fashion him before his mother's womb and say, I'm going to make you live to please women's eyes. <laughs> I know people think they're God's gift to women, but God didn't make you a gift to women. He made you a gift unto How himself. belittling. To yourself. To yourself. For, for you to think that this is why God created you. That's why we're not having the right conversations. Because you got women that's sad that they're not desirable by men. Uh, let me tell you ladies, okay? Let me tell you something right here. If that's what you think of yourself, mm -hmm. then that's really sad. Mm -hmm. Because that's not why he created you. Mm -hmm. And how are you going to affect anybody? <laughs> Or live your your true life and the, the definition that he wants you to live if you think that that is the purpose of your life. Sweetie, don't do that to me. I'm living my best life. <laughs> How are you living it's your best life? It's all fine with you until you roll over and it's, if it's the dead of winter if it's and the sheets is cold. If it's contingent on somebody else seeing you in a certain light, that's not living your life. That's not living your best life. Let me tell you this. Imagine if you had a husband and you was make you love this man, but you were bothered that a man at work didn't like your dress and didn't compliment you and didn't pay attention to you. You're not trying to sleep with that guy. You just bothered by the fact that he's not attracted to you. I, uh, mm, mm, then I want you to take and understand that you're supposed to belong to God. Your life is for His eyes only. So, just to you give gonna, a little you're more. You're going to let me get this bar out. You're going to let me get this bar out. Just to give a little <laughs> more thought and, and provoke people. Uh -huh. So, what is the root when a person has this issue of wanting to be desirable? How can they sit back and say, I, I I acknowledge that this is an issue. So where do we go from here? I think it takes us back to where we started at the beginning. This is the reason why those sinners went to have a seat with Jesus over Chipotle or whatever they was eating. <laughs> but it was causing the Pharisees to be jealous because they worked very hard to be seen as people to want to be around. And all of a sudden, Jesus changed the cool table. He switched the cool table up. Now they're sitting over there and there's mad people sitting around Jesus. And they're going to start judging him and say, he can't be right because he got so many wrong people around him. Mm -hmm. But these wrong people wanted to be right. Mm -hmm. And how did they want to be right? In the place that matters the most, the mind. Exactly. The mind. See, nobody's really having those conversations with Jesus because they don't want Jesus to fix their mind. They want him to give them what their mind desires. And I think it's interesting to, to, for people to think that whatever you manifest in your mind isn't going to display in, in the physical. So you're constantly thinking about this in your mind. How do you think you're going to keep this in the dark? Huh. How do you think that you aren't going to display this in the physical and it's actually going to spew over beyond the darkness, yeah. beyond the closet that you stuff it in. It's, it's going to work its way out. Can I help people out? Let me take you a step further. There's a scripture that says that he doth delight in the law of the Lord because he delights in it, because mm -hmm. that's his preference, mm -hmm. because that's what he seeks. 
He says he meditates on it both day and night. And night. Now it says doing that is like him being a tree planted by the rivers of, of water. water. Now I want you to take that and let's always do this. I always take the antithesis of that. Mm-hmm. Always take the opposite. Me, not delighting in the Lord, but delighting in myself. Mm-hmm. Causes me to meditate on me both day and night. And doing that is like a tree not planted by the rivers of water. So you are a dead tree. So I'm that fig tree. <laughs> he said, no longer will you bear any fruit. Mm-hmm. No longer will you flourish. And everything you set to do, it will not prosper. Every man you date will be a disaster. I literally was talking to somebody and she was telling me how she never felt this love that she felt from this guy. And I said, are y'all together? Because that was awesome. Like, you wax so poetic about it. But y'all not together? How can you base everything about your relationship in this intense feeling? And then you're like, yeah, it didn't work out. <laughs> oh, wow. But people want to move and operate according to these feels. And I don't know if God created this intricate human being that houses this more even intricate spirit just to follow this very flawed heart. But people don't like when you um, snap them out of their fantasy world because a lot of this isn't even real. It's made up in their mind. See, but those are people who are devil's advocates. They are lawyers for Satan and Lucifer, LLC. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> attorneys at law. <laughs> they, they, that's what they are. They they work they work themselves out of the work of God. Mm. Because they're constantly pouring over the scriptures, trying to find a way to subvert. What God's intention is. The true perversion. Exactly. The true perversion is to subvert the truth. Mm-hmm. That's what Satan did. Yeah. He slithered on that tree. He did not need hands. He did not need feet. He did not need legs. He we, just used the truth and against. Turn the truth inside out. Mm-hmm. We, we, we sow in the truth. Let me tell you, sex is the truth. And y'all sow in it that you out of it. Because you, you're you're inundating the truth with a lie, which is, what's, what's the lie? Your corrupted mind. Mm-hmm. Anything our corrupted mind touches becomes corrupted. Absolutely. See, a snowflake is beautiful. Mm-hmm. The minute you touch the snowflake, it's water. I look at God's intention that way. He created this snowflake of sex. The minute we touch it with our filthy hands... It turns into water. Right. It's no longer what it was. And we people you try to keep telling people like it's not it's not that big a deal. A snowflake is water. Duh. <laughs> it's the same thing. We always wanna wanna comp- make it like it's apples and oranges. But in all actuality, because it's not the form that it was, it is no longer what it was intended to be. That thing came out the sky, a snowflake. It left into your hand water. Look what you did. Look what you did. Look what you did to your marriage. Look what you did to every relationship you ever had with a man. Mm. Man, look what you did with every relationship you had with a woman. Look at every beautiful thing God created. Soon as you touched her, she is no longer the same. So, 
ultimately what you're saying is that our actions outside of Christ is our, is the true perversion. Absolutely. Our thinking flesh outside of outside of, outside of God. Intention outside of God's intention. It's perverted. It's perverted. Absolutely. My intention should share his intention. That's I think that's the reason that's what good conversation is. Good right. conversation is getting to know people's intentions. And if you connect with their intentions, then you stick around. And if you don't, you dip. <laughs> and these people sat with Jesus and came back and sat with him again. And came back and sat with him again. Until they were changed. This is this is something that because your intentions will always manifest in the physical. Absolutely. Here's the here's the, the catchy thing. You have this. You have this reality that there's something wrong with us, and the reason why God sees I, I know that it's so is because I look at a certain scripture where it says He casted devils out of this man. Mm-hmm. And he said, now this man was in his right mind. And we never stop and say, we always tell people, you need to be in your right mind. We never stop and say, the only reason this man is considered as being in his right mind is it's because, because there's no devils. <laughs> there's no devils in him no more. Think about the things that we remove from our lives because we think that's the reason we're not in our right mind. Not once do you hear people saying, I got to get these devils out of my mind. No. You hear people, I got to get these haters out of my life. I got to get these squares out of my circle. I got to get these, uh, this woman out of my life. She's driving me crazy. The thing that has you we not in the right mind. We always on other people. On other people. Instead of dealing with ourselves the and devils, our own The issues. devils in ourselves. Yeah. People say, y'all, don't blame it on the devil. No, the devils as in the things that are oppressing you. The things that have exalted themselves against the knowledge of God. He cast those things out of this man. And it said that man sat there, clothed in his right mind, got up and followed Jesus. Mm -hmm. You will never be able to follow Jesus. Your life will never be able to follow Jesus. Your marriage will never be able to follow Jesus. Your engagements, you singles who want to date, date all you want. Your dating will never follow Jesus. Your engagements will never follow Jesus. If you don't get the devils out of your life and devils don't run unless it's light. I think <laughs> that's that's very true. <laughs> um, I think it, it, we have to be a little more elementary within debunk some of the mythical Go ahead, legends it. of you know yeah. light and darkness, absolutely of God and Satan. And people always think that Satan comes in and he is you know essentially someone else besides themselves. They don't see that, you know, Satan only works through you. Yeah. He is complicit, but he is not implicit. Exactly. He is complicit. You know, mm -hmm. this is like this is like law and order. I didn't say it so mm -hmm. much so many law terms today. I gotta throw torts out there just for the sake of it. <laughs> the reality is is that he plays a part, but you play a bigger part. Mm -hmm. If anything, he is the hand and you are the hammer. Exactly. If anything, he's the hammer and you're the nail. You, he needs you in the same way God needs you and exactly. wants you. And that's where the engagements and the idea of having a conversation with 
Jesus and then having a conversation with Jesus people about the things that we have in the dark is an issue. And yes, this was the perfect intro conversation that's going to lead to some deeper ones about repression, about oppression, about regression. Oh, we're ending. We are. I'm not finished yet, but I guess, you know, I'll um, I'll be back next week. Guys. No, no, no we, we, we can keep going. No, yeah. it's okay. You already gave your the your, little Jerry Springer final. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I feel like the the music is you know inching in and everything. It's is inching coming. in right now. Everything's coming to a close. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I'll be back next week. Next I got week? more to say. You got more to say. All right, geez. because I feel like this is this is a broad topic um, that ha- has not been addressed and. We will be doing a disservice if we left it at that. Yeah, absolutely. You're welcome back. You didn't even ask, but you welcome back. You know what? <laughs> Episode 86, Jesus After Dark, Part One. Mm-hmm. I'm Forrest Hall. Charity. Real Church Matters. We're out. <laughs>